Hi, welcome back to Politodoxy. I'm your host, Aaron Friedman. Today we will talk about the chances of Kennedy winning the nomination, the Democratic nomination to be precise, and the circumstances that we find ourselves in by having conservatives who support who seems to be seem to be supporting a Democrat, which I understand he is not the regular Democrat. He is a more of an outsider, more of a populist type Democrat and anti-establishment and so on and so forth, which ha which are pretty good qualities, but they are not good enough for a conservative. You have to have a standard of how you're going to do stuff, how you're going to conduct yourself in politics. And just because you see the Democrat, which is the outsider and the populist and the guy who looks like, oh, he's going to establish a better uh, political system than we have now. Of course, he's better than Biden, but you cannot lower yourself to the to the liberal uh, world order, regardless how anti-establishment they may seem. You're a conservative. We are conservative, conservative as a matter of fact, and they are liberal. You have to make we have to make that very clear. Anyway, first, let's discuss what actually is going on here with Robert Kennedy Jr. I had the privilege of meeting Robert Kennedy Jr., which, by the way, always be cordial, even though they are your political opponents. But remember, they're not your enemies. Not all people on the left are your enemy. Uh, a lot of them, actually, as a matter of fact, become conservative later on, as a, especially the younger generation. But you have to remember that when you conduct yourself, on the, especially on the one-on-one -on -one basis with a liberal or somebody from the left, you should be, uh, should have respect, you should uh, be persuasive with your arguments, do your research, figure out exactly where you stand, make sure you don't make any stupid dumb arguments, always make a steel man argument, always try to make the steel man argument because you want to knock down that steel person. Steel man, whatever. You want to knock it down and show them the error of their ways. Don't, don't take them for dummies it, my is my main point don't take them for dummies although there a lot of uh, a lot of the dummies are on the left yes we understand this but not uh, not all of them as a matter of fact a nice number of them are pretty pretty smart as a matter of fact especially the ones who support kennedy i had the pleasure actually of meeting a lot of um, kennedy democrat supporters they're democrats their whole whole lives and they're not going with Biden, they're going with Kennedy. They, I, I'm pretty sure they would never vote for Trump, but they are going with Kennedy, and I met them. I have to say this. We, meeting the Democrat, uh, Kennedy Democrats, they are absolutely very nice people. Very, very nice. And they are very open-minded. I, I, I have to give them credit where credit is due. I met those guys. I know a lot of conservatives may not be... Actually, conservatives are much more open to meeting with Democrats. Um, poll after poll, study after study show that conservatives are much more open for an alternative viewpoint. They're open to listening. But actually going down there and actually meeting these people is also important, not just being, oh, I'm open to it. Yeah, but you, are you actually going to meet them? Are you actually going to talk with them? So that's the main question here. So yes, I actually met them, and I have to say they are very open, very nice people, and the most interesting thing is <laughs> that I, when I met them, they were agreeing with me between 50% and uh, 45 to 40% of my points that I made. I 
of course, I argued with them, and um, but that's just normal politics. You argue, you present your arguments, and about about 45 or 40 or 50% of what I said, they agreed with. And I said conservative things. I came to them as a conservative, pointing out all these things, and they were like, yes, we totally agree. Especially on the pro- uh, on the diagnosis on what's happening, they agreed with that very much. So we had some pretty great discru- um, discussions, and it was... Uh, and by the way, it wasn't only Democrats... Where there were some Republicans and conservatives, which, which is why I started this entire conversation with that we have to understand that they're still Democrats. They're still political opponents. It's okay to be a political opponent. You can be friends with political opponents. I mean, I have li- more liberal-ish friends. I have libertarian friends and so on. It's okay. There is no problem with having, politi- with having a political opponent as your friend. You, there, there is actually some value in actually having somebody who would challenge your beliefs in order to make you stronger as an individual and build your character. It's great. Anyway, they agreed with me on a lot what I had to say, and I came to them as a conservative with conservative arguments, and they agreed with my conservative arguments. And you guys know that I'm, I call myself a radical conservative, which, by the way, a lot of you call yourselves radical conservatives once I gave you the actual definition for, the ra- for what it means to be radical, not a radicalist or an extremist, just the word radical itself for those who are new to the podcast. Go listen to that, go listen to that episode, find it. I don't remember how it's called, but... You'll go back to my previous episodes, you'll find it there, you'll start understanding what I mean by radical. Anyway, as Barry, as Barry Goldwater said that extremism in the, in the pursuit of justice, sorry, extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice, and moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. That's Barry Goldwater. So, for, for, for the other guys who still think, oh, I don't want to use that name, you're giving your enemies... Um, um, Ammunition. No, actually, I'm not giving my enemies ammunition. They have all the ammunition they need. Anyway, to the main point. I When I talked to them, they actually... They were not only open. When I told them, I told them... They, they asked me, um, where do I align politically? I told them, I'm a radical conservative. Instead of shutting down, you know, when you hear that, you're like, oh, wow, I can't... Whoa, 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 whoa. You just... A lot of people shut down by that. They were actually curious. They were like, okay, so what do you mean by that? Now they were interested. Now they wanted to learn more. It was, it was uh, absolutely amazing because these people are more open-minded than the average liberal. These are liberals, but they're more open-minded. They are, I guess in the most technical sense of the word, they actually are liberal, open. But we have to still understand they're still political opponents, and it's okay. As I said, it's okay. I view them as my political opponents, but it's okay. We were very, we were very friendly, and they were very open. Anyway, that's that's all I have to say for the for the liberals, uh, on and the Kennedy faction. Which, by the way, if you know anybody, if you or if you want want to get to know them, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice to get to know them. I have to say, I just have to say it. Anyway, so meeting, so I had the privilege of meeting Robert Kennedy Jr. He was actually uh, very nice, especially after I asked him for a um, autograph. Which, by the way, I, I still, I don't view him as somebody who is serious for the campaign, and I'll just and I'll tell you in a moment. But also, I'm not going to vote for him in the general. I mean, it's highly unlikely. He did say some things that I'm like, okay, you know what? 
you know what? This is pretty interesting. So I want to see where this goes. Such as, he said he'll give a pardon to Julian Assange and Edwin, Edward Snowden. I'm very, I mean, which conservative is not, uh, is not interested in that? Literally every conservative wants that to happen. Every true conservative, every pop, populist wants that to happen, you see? So even Trump didn't do that. I mean, that would have been the biggest FU for the establishment if Trump did it. So that goes to ask the question why he didn't, didn't do it. As a matter of fact, Trump went after, Trump's DOJ went after Julian Assange even worse than Obama's DOJ went after him. Just, that's for the record. You have to, you have to know this. You just have to know this. So, I'm open for that, of course. So, that's pretty good. Anyway, but but that's not enough. For me, it's not enough, but it's a great start. He's still a liberal. He has his liberal things he has to say. But he was he was very nice. And I wanted an autograph. I just like I'm collecting all these political things. I am very... Um, I like antiques. I like all these kinds of stuff. So, that's why I just wanted to save it for my collection of political things. Um, unique trinkets and so on anyway so i got my autograph which by the way he didn't have to do first he said um, they said okay yes um after the after the discussion but it went even beyond that because he actually one of his uh, secret service uh, agents brought him tea and he told him to go tell the staffer to approach me find me in the audience approach me ask me for a pen and paper so i could give it over so he could write it so he could actually give me the autograph if he didn't do that then i wouldn't have the autograph right now just to be clear so he's very nice cuz he he did he he went above and beyond to make sure that i got the autograph so i got to i i have to point out listen again i know he's political opponent yet it doesn't matter you have to you have to tell the truth wherever it is so this is the truth and that's very nice of him anyway but that doesn't mean I'm not going to say things that might uh, me polit- might not be political advantageous for him. I don't care. I don't care for these kinds of things. I'm going to tell you things how they are. So this is how it is. So to the main point. As you know, I met him. And this is the question I asked of him. You have proven to be a very formidable force against Biden and the establishment. You've gained a lot of popularity and will be, uh, probably will win a lot of delegates at the primaries. But... Delegates isn't enough. You also have to win superdelegates in order to win. My question to you is, since we know that a democratic primary process involves superdelegates, which is controlled by the party elites, who dislike your campaign as an outsider, what is your plan on getting the superdelegates on your side? And if not, what is your plan on getting this nomination? So as you can see, this is the question for the, if it weren't wasn't clear enough i asked him about getting the superdelegates on his side so this is the this let's break this down a little bit for you the superdelegates are basically a powerful tool that the party elite control they're mainly there to serve the party elite and give them a um, control on the primary process so it doesn't matter who the delegates win uh, who, how many delegates he could win a majority of delegates if he doesn't win a majority of superdelegates then he's toast so the question here is, as the outsider, as the person who has taken a stand against the establishment and hates the establishment as much as the establishment hates him, what is your plan on getting the superdelegates? The question here is very important, because if he doesn't win the superdelegates, then it's over. There is no, This entire campaign was doomed from the start, which means he, as the outsider and as the person who's going to bring transparency, was not transparent when he announced his presidency, uh, sorry, his candidacy, 
Furthermore, by not announcing his candidate by announcing his candidacy and not being forthright with it, what happens here is that he he's the guy who's supposed to be transparent, but he wasn't. So is this entire thing a grift? As, furthermore, is it a grift because he doesn't know him because he knows he can't win those superdelegates? So again, I didn't say all those things because you're gonna be cordial. You gotta get to the main point. You don't wanna. I, I was in a line where other people wanted to ask questions, so I didn't. Um, I didn't go in um, that deep into it. But that is the that is like a whole bunch of other questions now. This one question has so many different aspects and so many other questions hooked to it. So, this is the answer. And they say the Hasidic Jews are not worldly. You see that. <laughs> heard that for those who didn't hear uh, quite clearly he explained that he himself in short order he himself doesn't know exactly how he's going to get the nomination so this is the so this now goes back to the question did you so you don't know how you're going to get this nomination when because you understand you can't get the superdelegates because the superdelegates are not going to vote for you period so you don't know so is this entire thing a grift should have you you should have come out immediately and told listen if you are the transparent candidate you should have come out immediately and told everybody hey listen i'm running for the democratic nomination but it is controlled by the prime by the primaries controlled by the elites we do not know how we're going to get this nomination we need to have reform i'm running specifically because i want you guys to help me out in getting this reform done i'm running specifically to get more transparency into not only the presidency not only the federal government but also our own democratic primaries if he w- went like that there would be no question here i would be content I, I would have other questions but on this part i would be like yes go ahead and by the way just another point i want to make a, make it clear as i've made in uh, previous episodes that i support him running against biden first of all he's He's better than Biden, so we want the most right-wing Democrat. And by the way, he's not a right-wing Democrat, but he's more right-wing than Biden, technically speaking. That's how far left the culture is. Anyway, back to the main point, is that he is much more better than Biden, and even not on on right-wing, left-wing aspect. Just plain, he is better. Also, on a human aspect, he's better than Biden. 
And last but not least, I want him, I want him, specifically him, against the Republican nomination. I want him as the Democratic nomination, and I want somebody else, uh, I want whoever is the Republican nomination, Trump, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, whoever, whatever, I want him against the, the Republican candidate because having him on the debate stage would shift the entire national conversation from right versus left, although there will be a lot of that. And by the way, I prefer that. I I know a lot of people like talking about, well, it's not a right or left issue. I'm like, actually, it is. It kind of is. The left predominantly supports the party agenda, the, the mainstream narrative, and the right mostly is against it. Let's get this very clear. Yes, it is actually right-left uh, by, uh, by a lot, but also I want to go a little, a little bit. I just want to go a little bit beyond that because it's it's good for it's good for the national conversation to shift a little, and the entire national conversation will shift from Republican versus Democrat to the populist versus the elite, the populist versus the globalists, the national, the nation versus the party elite globalists and the outsiders. Which is great. That that is um. I want I want the national conversation to shift so it'll bring Republicans and Democrats closer together. But Republicans, remember, conservatives specifically, remember they are still Democrats. They could be your friends. It's good. Yeah, I prefer. As a matter of fact, please do have Democrat friends. It's great. I'm telling you, it's great. But make sure you understand they're Democrats. Just understand that they are Democrats. And don't mix your politics with theirs. Don't. It doesn't mean that you uh, you tre- you treat them differently because they're Democrats on a friend on friend basis. That doesn't mean that you look down on them. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with human treatment. We're talking about the politics aspect. Don't mix it together because we gotta keep the our political differences to be clear. Boundaries are a very great thing. It helps us differentiate between one and another. You need to be able to have these distinctions and it's important anyway but of course i want i want to shift a little bit the national conversation anyway to the main point kennedy himself doesn't know how he's going to get this nomination he he just doesn't know and we saw him complain which is by the way a very accurate complaint but i'll just tell just a few things i want to make a point about this he complained about him filing for secret service that is supposed to be given to all presidential candidates and so on and so forth, and the uh, Biden administration denied it. Which is yeah, of course, of course. Why why would they why would they give for uh, for the primary challenge any help anyway? But here's the main point about him. Are you really a primary challenger if you can't win the... If you don't even have a chance at winning the nomination? It's not like he needs to... He needs to talk to a majority of delegates and get their vote. It's him, who is an outsider, has to get the insiders to vote for him when the insiders hate his guts. You see, it, it just doesn't work. It's not like he needs to convince a majority of delegates. If that was the case, then yes, he has a chance. Literally anybody has a chance. But he has literally no chance. Don't you see? Because, specifically, the outsiders will not... The insiders will not vote for this outsider. Now, there is... Now, there's a main, another question about Biden being all, uh, corrupt and all the things we have seen right now. Everything. If he's even going to be the nominee... Um, the nominee which could this now opens the door to Kennedy, by the way. It opens the door. 
It's great for Kennedy. Although, if Newsom runs or Michelle Obama runs, it's over for Kennedy. He'll have to run as a third party, which is another problem since he probably knows this. This is the big question here. He probably understood this. He knew he didn't stand a chance, but he he's the guy who acted as if he's the Democrat, the older Democrat, the 2000s type Democrat, and he's going to get the... He's going to try to get the party nomination, which he knows he can't win. And after he loses, eventually he will run a third party as an independent and take the voters with him and then gain momentum from there. So he's running as a Democrat just to grift off of, of, of the Democrat voters. I mean, that's a very cynical point of view, but it still has to be made. I'm making all kinds of po points here. I'm saying from one side of my mouth, I'm talking a lot of good stuff about Kennedy. From the other side, I'm talking more cynical because I'm discussing all points of view here. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm very blunt. Everybody knows this. I'm blunt. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I don't like sugarcoating. I mean, as a matter of fact, I think a lot of the... First, we have hyper uh, vocabulary... Uh, so many words are inflated to mean so many different things, and then we have sugar-coated words in order for the more harsher word to cover for more harsher words, when the harsher words are actually much more precise. I'd rather be blunt, precise, and say the things that I mean to say and specifically and no without any ambigu ambiguity than sugar-coat words and, and, and then walk on eggshells and all of that. I'm like, no, I first, I just don't... I don't care for that. I don't care if I hurt your feelings, but furthermore... It's just so inconvenient. Let's just have the normal conversation. Accuse the other person of exactly what you're trying to say. You're trying to accuse that person of whatever. Accuse them specifically on that. Don't walk around. Don't don't allude. Don't do any of that. I mean, on trolling, that's a totally different story. But I mean, if you're going to have a, a serious discussion, please make it simple as, as simple as possible. Everybody should understand. And nobody get offended. Uh, I, I mean, make it blunt, it could be offensive, but you gotta grow a little more thicker skin. Anyway. So, this is the situation Kennedy finds himself in. He is absolutely underwater here, I guess you could say. Doesn't matter how popular he is. He is pretty popular, by the way, and so many other Democrats want him to, run, want him to debate Joe Biden on the debate stage. The question is, does it really matter? If the Democrats want Joe Biden, they'll pick Joe Biden. There is no point here on him debating Joe Biden. Joe Biden is not going to want to debate him. That's one thing for sure. But but even if Joe Biden granted this, it doesn't freaking matter because he could... As a matter of fact, Joe Biden could have a stroke in the middle of the debate. Joe Biden could die in, middle of, in the middle of the debate. If the Democrat Party wants Joe Biden to be the nominee, Joe Biden will be the nominee. You think I'm crazy? I don't care. This is a fact. The party control is controlled by the elites, not by the people. Which, by the way, goes to show for all the Democrat voters or Democrat listeners I have. Which, which I have, by the way, a few. For all you guys, if you still think this party is for you... I mean, you're kind, of, you're kind of shilling for the party that is controlled by the elite. You call yourself an anti-establishment. You want somebody like Bernie Sanders, which, by the way, he's also a complete shill. He sold himself out. As a matter of fact, here's one. Here's a very funny thing. He wrote a book about anti-capitalism. And so I went on Amazon and I commented on, on the... I didn't buy the book, but I commented. I wonder how much capital this book would fetch him. And... 
and again, Bernie Sanders is a complete shill. He's making a lot of money uh, as a so-called socialist. Which, by the way, it kind of makes sense. I mean, again, Karl Marx. Let's go to Karl Marx for a moment. Karl Marx, this guy, was bilking everybody money. He didn't work for himself, mostly. And he... For talking about, oh, the workers of the world unite. Oh, all the poor workers. He literally had a maid that he tortured. I mean, that's the best way of describing what, what he made her go through. And did not pay her. Anything. Like, literally anything. So much for the... Oh, the Marxism. Yeah, so much. So much Marxism. Look up who this guy was. This guy was absolutely mentally incapable of actual good thought. If there was... I mean, talking about the... If there was one person you could make disappear, who would it be? I mean... I mean... Personally, me. It's either Woodrow Wilson or... Or it would be... Ted Kennedy before his 1965 immigration bill. And why I'm not choosing Hitler is because literally everybody chooses Hitler. So, I mean, oh, how original. You know what I mean? But if it weren't Teddy Kennedy or Woodrow Wilson, it would be definitely Karl Marx. Definitely. But I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe it doesn't really matter because he had his friend Hegel. Oh, no. I'm sorry. He was a Hegelian. He had his friend... Frederick Engels, who sent him so much money. Yeah, talk about, talk about it. Oh, and another thing about about Marx, it they talk and Engels, they talked about the abolition of, of the of the inheritance. You can't have any inheritance except himself. Marx himself, he inherited about I don't remember. I think five thousand dollars from his family, and it's those days money, not nowadays. About anyway, long story short is. He, he's allowed. And this is all about... This is all Marxism. This is all um, how it boils down to. It's, I'm allowed, rules for thee, but not for me. That's all it is. And you, as, you, as we all know, that liberalism basically boils down to, screw you, dad. That's what it boils down to. And this is also why I don't really particularly like the liberal... Uh, conserv So-called conservatives who call themselves classical liberals... They're a really pain in the neck. They don't really understand the ideology. They don't understand it. They they talk about how they... Oh, they're classical liberals. Don't you know Kennedy would have been a Republican? Which technically, I guess it's correct. I guess. But it's such a terrible point of view. You call yourself a... You call yourself, oh, I'm a classical liberal. Don't just... What is a classical liberal? What does it mean? I mean, we have a constitution which has established rights. What is liberalism? Well, you have to liberate yourself. From what? I'm a conservative. I want to conserve the constitution. I think the constitution is pretty good. I think the, the Bible is a very good moral case for behavior. I mean, we have, so, we have so many guidelines, so many guidebooks here. Why do we need liberalism for? Oh, well, some extra rights, I guess. Oh, so Uber rights. That's the problem with liberalism. It's a never-ending revolution. Conservatism is about conserving what we already have. Liberalism is about creating more rights than we are, than we are supposed to have. It's about creating Uber rights for certain people. Feminism and all that. Well, I don't believe in feminism. Yes, you do. You're a classical liberal. That's classical liberalism for you. Classical liberalism. Talking about destroying the nuclear family. That, that's what it is. It's all Marxism. Classical liberalism, liberalism as a whole, it's all Marxism. Now, it's, of course, softer versions of Marxism. It isn't a hardcore Marxism. 
understand that it's uh it's a little bit uh, more right wing not more right wing but more to the right than the actual hardcore of marxism but it's still it's this one of the stepping stones it's one of the stepping points uh, and it is a slippery slope we don't need liberalism all our nation's problems all our country's problems started with the liberal movement of the 1960s more or less i mean there were problems before again but we were on the way uh we were on the way of fixing those problems there was uh, pull this way pull that way i understand but the vast majority of the problems nowadays that we face nowadays stem from liberalism in the 1960s feminist movement the free sex movement uh you, you name it the great society programs the kennedy lies so many uh, so many other things the hippie movement all of that john lennon oh come on the beatles i mean i i understand there are a lot of beatle fans here I just don't I just don't see it. I don't I do not see it. They were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. Ooh, so controversial, controversial. Shouldn't say that. Friend um too too hot. Too bad. That's the that's the truth. You know, I understand some of you may not like it, but that's just how it is. Too bad, too bad. Anyway, but so many things that you point me to it. At the moment I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to Give more. I already gave a few specifics. I'm not going to give more specifics, but I can. And anybody who wants to debate me on this, no problem. I'm willing to have discussions on this. But I can point to anything, any point, almost any point that we have right now goes back to the 1960s, and that and we talk about where it started. And by the way, again, I understand feminism started before the 1960s, I get, but that's when it really got a foothold in the United States. That's when it really established itself. So the 60s is the turning point for the country. It's, it really is a shame. It really is a shame that we've lost so much. I mean, go back to the 1950s and you'll see you could have bought a house for one income on one income. Nowadays, you can't. What is that? That is liberalism. That is the culmination of liberalism. You may disagree with me on that. I don't care. That's what it is. Don't forget that we have seen the entire country move left since the 60s. It's the new age of liberalism. And they promised everything will get better by this. And now we see that things have not, not gotten better. Things have not progressed. Things have not ha been better. So I say, oh, okay, they promise. So we all understand the country is more left. They brought this liberalism. We all know it started in the, in the 60s and they promised it would be better. And I'm pointing out, well, it's not better and it's because of liberalism. Oh, uh, uh, how can you point that? No, you guys, you said it would be better with liberalism. And I'm pointing out, no, it, no, it didn't happen. No, it wasn't better. It isn't better. And then you say, then you say that you can't quantify it or something. Of course you can. Of course you can. You just point it out. You can see exactly all these things that have been implemented. You can see that it's, it has destroyed the family, such as the Great Society programs. It destroyed the family. Just as a matter of fact. Anyway, we've gotten, we have really gotten sidetracked. But again, we, we like discussing uh, the ideas that push our way of thinking, that makes us think. The ideas that build up in our minds, we need to discuss those. We can have all of our debates and discuss, well, this side, that side, they agree with this, they, they agree with that. This is what I think. Yeah, fine, but what makes you think that? That's what we are discussing here. That's what, uh, on this podcast, 
not, maybe not this episode that deep, but on other episodes we do discuss the ideas that make our ideas work. The things that culminate together to create a new idea. That's what we discuss. Anyway, so since we have, I think we could end this around in this point, we have discussed all the things that is necessary to remember about the Kennedy. And there's a lot, there's a lot more things, but I would like to see more. We will see exactly where Kennedy goes. I wish him well. I wish he would be the nominee, but we have to be truthful. And that's exactly what I was. Some people will be upset or people might say, well, how could you be so harsh? I mean, he's so nice to you. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to, I'm not mixing friendships or, um, how people behave to me and then sugarcoat things or not tell you the truth or exactly how I see things. Those are two separate things. People could be nice. It's not a, it's not a paradox. People could be nice, and you could also be very blunt with people simultaneously. It's okay. All right, so this is where I'm, we're going to end this episode. Thank you very much to listening, for listening. Please, the most important thing that you can do is share this episode. That's the most important thing you can do. So more people here, then they could share it, and so on and so forth. You created a chain reaction where we get thousands more people because of you, because you sh- shared it. So please, share, like this episode. You could also subscribe and follow. And you could also um, put a um, you could put a comment if you're listening on Spotify. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Aaron Politodoxy, or you could reach out to me through email by emailing to Politodoxy at gmail.com. Again, thank you very much for listening to this episode, and remember, my fellow radicals, stay political. Good night.